Welcome to the Black Girl Flow podcast, a space dedicated to creating conversation that pushes us to be in alignment and at peace with ourselves and the world around us. We are about cultivating joy, growth, and success in our life, love, and identity. So join us as we find our flow. We are your hosts, Liv and Lex, two 20-something-year-old Black girls working every day to be in flow, and we want you along this journey with us. So, on today's episode, Liv and Lex are chatting with G Stone, a certified and board-approved clinical sexologist, certified master sex expert, dating, relationship, intimacy, and sexuality coach, travel experience curator, and founder of Straight But Not Narrow Ladies. She founded Straight But Not Narrow Ladies as a place for straight-passing black and brown women of all relationship statuses to feel seen, be heard, and make meaningful connections in real life. She curates space for underrepresented women because they don't exist, and we deserve them. As a sexologist, G helps individuals and couples lean into their authentic selves, cultivate deeper levels of intimacy, strengthen their relationship, and pour into themselves through curated events, retreats, workshops, coaching, and domestic and international travel experiences. On this episode, G shares with us how we can expand our definition of love, explore all the types of intimacy, and why it's so important for black women to have this space to ask these critical questions. So I hope you all enjoy this episode of Setting Intentions Around Sex, Love, and Intimacy with Sexologist G. Enjoy! All right, welcome back folks to the Black Girl Flow podcast. We are so excited to be closing out um, a really great month of so much conversation about love and relationships with a really, really awesome special guest. Um, G has joined the Black Girl Flow podcast today as our special guest and we are thrilled to get the conversation started. But we always start our podcast, y'all know how it is, with a nice little pulse check, get a sense of how we're feeling, how we're entering the week. This is just an opportunity for folks to check in with themselves. So I know for me, it has been just a whirlwind. I genuinely think that my body is having almost like a relived experience of the doomsday that March is. You know, like, it's almost like, oh, we're doing this again. Um, And it's kind of those like moments of just reflection of like, where was I last year? What was I the year before this? And I'm just kind of like feeling that pause and being like, oh, and it's so wild to think this might be prompted from my iPhone memories photos that just like pop up saying like, you were in the house two years ago. You still in the house a year ago, (laughs) you know, you're, and you're still doing that. So I'm definitely just like processing the like, what is all of this and what is life? Um, But really excited and looking forward to the springtime. So that's how I'm entering this space, this, uh, this episode. And gee, I'll pass it to you to, to check in with everybody. Wow. Um, I feel like, I feel like the past couple of weeks have just been crazy. Um, there's been so much to digest and so much to learn and so much to navigate. 
um, I feel like I was talking to one of my friends this morning um, about like how, you know, how are you feeling, right? Because that's such a, a big kind of question. And my response was, I'm really leaning into authenticity. Like, and I know that, you know, that's kind of like deeper than the how are you feeling, but that was like really what was going on for me. And I was like, you know, I'm having lots of moments where um, I'm getting some stuff off my chest, you know, like I'm really having those keep it real with you moments. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, coming to people and saying, you know, you got me effed up, you know, you got me all the way messed up. And I think what needs to happen is we need to check in. And I need to let you know how I really feel as opposed to just um, eating it. And as opposed to just, you know, kind of laying back and letting things kind of, kind of fester. I feel like I'm really in a space of, I'm not, I'm not sitting with this if I don't have to, I'm saying it, I'm going to let you chew on it and process it. But while you do that, I'm going to keep it pushing. Um, so I feel like that's kind of how I've been feeling. And I like it. I, I, I like this new space and I'm excited to see like what this evolves and what this turns into, because it's not, it's not rude or disruptive. It's really just honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we love a good, like, I don't know, reflective moment where we realize like, Hey, I should, I'm going to have to like stand up for myself more, or I, I don't appreciate the way that you're talking to me because I feel like those moments help us create better boundaries with people. And then also like allow us to know how to show up for others as well. So we love that. That's super dope. G thanks so much for sharing. Oh, I no feel problem. like for my pulse check, you know, it's, we're closing out February. I'm so happy that I survived all of the couple propaganda because it was coming at me left and right on everyone's Instagram pages, Facebook feeds, Pinterest notifications. Like I couldn't, y'all couldn't shove it enough in my face, but I, um, I feel like very calmed and like restored going into March. One thing that I've been really trying to do is take control over my finances. So I feel like February was the month of like me actually like budgeting. And if you know me, you kind of know that like, I'm like budget who, budget where, like I don't know her, never, never have spoken to her, but I, I'm starting to feel more in control. And I feel like um, just the process of learning a lot about like how to uh, like, boost your credit and just like normal things like how to do your taxes by yourself like has been making me feel a lot more in control of my life so I'm happy to have escaped the couple propaganda and actually got in into my bag literally physically all of the things <laughs> <laughs> well I love it I feel like we're all really kind of entering this like pensive and just like we're gonna see what this is all gonna do for us like this is and I feel like that's a really great energy to go into the springtime with, to be like, let's see what comes from all of these insights and learnings and groundings and Liv's bank account. So we're going to check back up with that one, okay? At the end of the year, well, I'm going to remind keep, you. <laughs> keep me accountable. I would love for, for y'all to keep me accountable. But, you know, even though the couple of propaganda and the season of love is coming to an end, I'm super excited for today's episode because, gee, like... I think you're the first Black woman sexologist that I've ever met in my entire life. And I just know that you're about to like teach us so much about love, intimacy, like how we can, how we can just dig deeper and learn more about our own intimacy levels uh, within our lives. So I'm super excited to have you here. We both are. And I just feel like we should just jump into the conversation because I just know that like, 
it's you're gonna drop some gems. So for those the pressure, that oh <laughs> <laughs> pressure. I'm here for you know? it, but the pressure. You know, after oh, she ravaged all the couple content too, she she set the stage. G, she set the stage. She's like, the bar is so high here. We Black need the facts. <laughs> I know. Sure. And it's crazy because I feel like we, we just need to have more of these conversations because for a lot of black women growing up, you can't really go to your parents and talk to them about like relationships and like, you know, your first sexual experiences. And even within like some friend groups, like we're all just trying to figure it out. And, you know, it's, it, it takes a minute. So it's like, I'm trying to ask all of the questions. <laughs> Liv brings out her own personal. She's like, I've actually been wondering because what do we do when we have questions that we can't go? We go to our friends, we go to our girlfriends, we go and that's where we have the conversation. And that's so much of what the Black Girl Flow community is. And that's why we're so excited to bring you into the conversation, G, because sometimes we be coming up with a lot of things in our head and we got a lot of societal narratives selling us something. So I think not only your experience, but your expertise is really going to bring life to the conversation. But let's just get a baseline, right? Like for those who do not know what a sexologist and a master sexpert entails, you know, can we break that down? Because I think people might be sitting there being like, oh, so she's just, she's the knowers of all the things, you know? Right, <laughs> so, right. so help us out. Um, give a little bit of context to our listeners about what that entails and, and really how you came to this, this profession. Okay, so... Um, first, let me say, I kind of love like how this is kind of playing out. Um, why I kind of got into what I do is de- definitely rooted in um, the generational curses of what I call them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, having sex being so stigmatized and so taboo and such um, a topic that it, it, it felt so dirty, right? Um, but it was one of the ones that everyone was doing what no one was talking about. So from that lens, it was really coming from a place of trying to build community and to have these conversations so that um, we're more informed. And when we're more informed, we're making better decisions. And when we're making better decisions, we should hopefully be influencing others to do the same. Um, But to answer your question in terms of what a sexologist is, um, sexology is more of a science, right? So it's a science that really studies um, human behavior, human interests, human desires, and human human preferences. And what it does, it it looks at um, sex and sexuality, but from a different lens and a different perspective. So it's not just the act of sex and it's not just the the toys or the tools or the the things that kind of go into having um, sex as an, an action or a physical connection. It's more so of looking at it from a holistic perspective and how it shows up in our lives and how it kind of impacts and influences our way of thinking or our way of interacting in our relationships and things of that nature. Um, a master sex bird is the other side of the coin in a sense where that it speaks to more of relationship coaching and more mm. of sex ed coaching. Um, so when you put the two together, it kind of gives you a more well-rounded perspective and lens of where you can kind of think about 
the nuances and the intricacies of a relationship. And then you can kind of take that and you can go from there to think about how that influences or what type of um, our perspective of um, sex or our perspective, our, our, our behaviors, our patterns, our, um, our traits. Um, what kind of appeals to us and what speaks and resonates to us. And then from there, you can take that a step further and you can say, okay, well, I know how I am in a relationship and I know what I like and I know what I'm into. Um, what are some tools or what are some strategies or what are some devices that I can use to kind of maximize these things for me? Um, and that's a little bit more of the sex and the pleasure part of it. Wow, that psychological background, because I feel like that that context is also super helpful. Because, I mean, you're, it, it is a study of like, you know, how we connect with other people and like our own, our own processes. It's like kind of blowing my mind, honestly, right now. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I'm like, she didn't even, she just said what it was. Like, you didn't even get into it too deep, too deep. You're welcome. There's <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so then what, what do you feel like your clientele primarily looks like? Like when, when would you recommend that someone um, like goes to a sexologist? Well, um, personally, I think that everyone at some point should have some type of interaction or connection with a sexologist, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and I understand that, you know, um, coaching and counseling and things like that might not actually be appealing to everyone, but I think just from a perspective of an education lens, right? So a workshop, a, um, a conversation, um, something like this, where I feel like as you said, there's lots of questions that we have. And sometimes um, we're asking them to individuals that might be too specific and to focus on um, just a piece of the question, right? So I like to think of myself as someone that kind of digs a little bit deeper and looks at things from more than one perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So if you say something like, you know, and I feel like a lot of the times when we hear sexologists because the word sex is in it, it's always mm -hmm. a sex question, right? So it's like, you know, how do I last longer? Or how do I do this? Or how do I do that? And it really doesn't get to the heart of the question. You know, why do you want these things? Or who do you want to have these experiences with? Or how of like these types of deeper questions. So I would think that, um, you know, obviously we can, we can do lots of things and not, and feel like we're, we don't need help with anything. And, and I totally understand that. Um, but I would say that anyone that feels like they're not getting what they want, right. Mm -hmm. Because that's subjective. So when you feel like you're not connecting with the people that you want to connect with, when there's like a mm -hmm. misalignment, when you feel like you're looking, um, or you're trying to date and you're not necessarily getting that type of connection, um, I would say, to find a sexologist. And the reason why is because when you think about, and nothing wrong with dating coaches or relation coach, relationship coaches or intimacy coaches, but I feel like sometimes they're a little bit too nuanced and um, it depends on the person, right? So if you say, um, I really want to find better connections, but I also want to just meet people that I can kind of have lasting relationships with, that I can have amazing sex, that I can um, have a love that kind of looks and feels like this, that I can have a connection that means these things. Like if you can kind of go to that extent, then I feel like you need a little bit more than a nuanced coach. I feel like you need someone that's going to be a little bit more integrated and a little bit more... Um, dynamic in a sense of really wanting wanting to unpack you know what I mean like take it take it apart and really understand what do you, you know what do you really want like like 
where are you going? Where are you going with all this? Because you're telling me I want love. I want a boyfriend. I want a man. I want a girlfriend. Like you're telling me all these things, but like, let's just go a little bit deeper and make sure that when we start addressing things, we can kind of get to the root of it, but then also come up with strategies and steps to make sure that you're staying on track to get to where you need to be, as opposed to just saying, okay, go to this app or okay, say this and say that. Like it's more of a, um, it's more of an intense program with someone. I can't speak for everyone, but with me, it's more of an intense program where we're coming up with plan together and we're trying to figure out how to get you to your goal. So we're coming up with smart goals here and we're, we're doing, I'm your accountability partner. You know, I'm checking in with you and I want to make sure, you know, I want to see you win, but because I want to see you win, I want to know that I'm giving you the right information and that I'm putting you on the right path, which means that we really got to get to the heart of what's going on. And I think that's when I would try to recommend um, someone like myself or my services to someone, because if you just want to go on a date, then you might not need me. You, you might not. If you just want to have good sex, you might not need me. If you just want to, you know, perfect your, your skills in a, in a particular um, bedroom activity, or if you want a toy, you might not need me, right? But if you want to, you know, really take it there, then you need somebody like me. <laughs> and I, I'm... I think everybody after this, you're going to get bombarded with email coaching requests because what I love the way that you frame that is it's so open and it's inviting and it's not. And I think sometimes when we have this conversation around sex, we have been so conditioned and socialized to think that it looks a certain way. It smells a certain way. You know, it is a certain way. The way that you frame this is like, no, 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 no. It's about seeing your whole self in this, about interrogating how you've even, what those messages you've inter we've internalized shapes how you're showing up in relationships and moments of intimacy. And I think oftentimes too, when we even think of sex, you know, that's also so many norms of how we see that as just cisgendered and just, we think that it's oftentimes just like any type of penetration and it's so much more than that. And I think Liv and I both identify as, as cisgender and, and we've ex talked a lot about trying to kind of acknowledge the societal, you know, taboos and narratives about women embodying their sexuality. And even in a non-sexual way, we have these Jezebel narratives, we have these, you know, purity culture that show up and project on us differently. So the way that you're talking about it just being so open to building that plan, being that accountability, but I'm like, come on, who is this signing up for that? This is what we this is what you need. Like, this is what you need. And, right. and to your point, you yeah, to your point, it can be one conversation to ask your girlfriends what sex toy that they're using. It's a different conversation when you're trying to get to the root of your intimacy problems. Okay. And with that, you need some, you need some help with that one. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm like out here listening to you and I'm like, just wait till I get a man, me and him are both going to G. But then, but then I was like, you know what? I also feel like there are some things that I could still talk to you about, like as a single person, like regarding my own intimacy issues and like how I'm grappling with that. So I just want to make it clear, like you work with both single and coupled people. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, um, when I started this, I said that I would work with women and mm -hmm. couples. 
And literally like 10 minutes before um, I hopped on this, I just updated my website to say that I work with, I work with individuals and couples, because what I noticed was that I was having conversations with men and, and they need it too, you know? And I think that what happens is that as a woman, especially as a black woman, um, I recognize the burden that we kind of go through and kind of, and how we indirectly get taught that our pleasure is supposed to be for someone else mm -hmm. or that these relationships need to be um, centered for us, but it's more about trying to keep him or try to do things to make sure that, you know, you're kind of connected to someone in that way because you don't want to be single. You don't want to be lonely. You, you know, like we kind of have to deal with all the messaging that we're getting. But I think what it gets overshadowed is that men are receiving messaging as well. Mm -hmm. And you kind of want them to have that connection to another man that can kind of help put them on that path. But there's nothing like a, a woman that can understand both sides of the coin and can really be um, non-judgmental and, and not biased and really see how the connection between the man and the woman really kind of walk that fine line and be able to say, you know, well, sir, you, you need to be accountable for this as well. And sir, I know that you were taught that your role in a relationship was this, but maybe it isn't, you know, like, I feel like it needs to happen on both sides. So to definitely answer that, like I do work with couples and I do work with women and I'm going to start working with men as well. Um, but what I think is important to touch on what you said is that I think that sometimes we wait too late, right? So we wait to be in a relationship or we wait to be partnered to start to ask these questions or we wait until we have this, um, this type of connection and that we want to make it deeper. But if we started off in a place where we were coming into these things full and our cup was at the brim, these relationships will be allowing us to overflow. And because they're overflowing, the issues that we're coming across and the situations that we're trying to navigate, it wouldn't feel so intense and so depleting. It would be more so, um, I need to figure out how to get through, through this challenge as opposed to, let me figure out how to unpack my own shit <laughs> and, then, and then meet you over here to help you figure out yours. And then we need to figure out how to do this together. Like it's too much, it's too much. Now, does it happen? Can we figure it out? Absolutely. But I think a lot of times that we think about it like um, steps. When I get to do this, then I can do that. And to your point is the same thing with finances. Once I get this much money, then I can do that. Sometimes if we take all the layers back, and if we kind of start from the beginning and think about, well, what do I need to have the things that I want? Or what do I need to achieve the goals that I want, right? And a lot of that is going to start with us fixing us and unpacking us and letting our stuff go and releasing it and allowing it to manifest into what it's supposed to be to then say, guess what? Now we can be together because Absolutely. now I see you when you see me. Amen. Preach. <laughs> Preach, preach. Right? Because at the end of the day, we want somebody to see us for who we are. But how do you, how, how am I supposed to see you and you supposed to see me when I can't even figure out what's going on in here? Like, I got to figure this out first so that you can see what you're supposed to see and not all the fog and the glass. Like, like we need to get it together. So I don't think that you should not, not, and again, right? I'm not pushing my services on anyone, but I wouldn't wait. I would think that if you can acknowledge that there's room for growth and, and improvement, that would be your time to start, you know, going below the surface so that you're preparing yourself 
and you're um, aligning yourself and you're also opening yourself up to get the person that you are supposed to have and not what you think you're supposed to get. Oof. Oof. I know that last one. That one, <laughs> that one hit. You're the welcome. G- G- <laughs> you're welcome. G- you can see Liv and I's face where we, we got our questions we were asking, but we're so enthralled in the conversation. You're welcome. Because it's so real and I think what you touched on is what we usually get wrong about this conversation we get wrong we we get wrong where to start and we get wrong what the outcome and the focus should be you know and 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 when we start to not even let go of that but reframe that zoom out a little bit ground ourselves give a couple woo sauce because what you're so right and I think a lot of us can pull from and often have traumatic experiences is when you're in the thick of it trying to figure it out the intensity of all you can see is just what's going right and what's going wrong and you're muddled in between it it that's typically what we think about is when to have that conversation but I love your invitation like you said it's not a pushing on but just an invitation to be like yo it doesn't have to be like that it does not have it to doesn't. look like that you don't have it to doesn't. look chaotic like chill chill girl chill so I love that and I think a lot of people will resonate with that yes and I think um I think what's important to kind of remember too is that there's nothing wrong with being alone and I think that when you start to reframe that is that you're never really alone. Like there's so many different parts of yourself as an individual, right? So when you think about when you go to work or when you think about when you're with your friends and your family, you're not always a hundred percent of yourself. So if you really think about all the different things that you like to do and the places you like to go and the things that you like to kind of, kind of enjoy, you know, you don't really allow yourself to show up all the time. So you're never really alone if you decided to take some time to yourself and really pay attention to the things that don't get attention. Go to the places that you don't actually get a chance to go to. Do some of the skills and the hobbies and the crafts that you you don't get a chance to to kind of kind of let let that manifest for you. So, um, I think that um, we kind of focus on relationships a lot, and I think it's hard for Black women because you're you're struggling trying to find someone, and it's not enough. Like there's not enough people out here, and it's messy. It's messy in these streets. Oh, it's girl. I'm I'm in Atlanta, so I know it's me- you already know. I know <laughs> Yeah, you. It's hard out here. It it so is, and I think what you're talking about too in this kind of reframing and and moving beyond just the very binary ways that we think about relationships and and sex and and all that is really inviting us to expand the conversation to intimacy and to love. And so I'd love to hear you kind of expand on how you see all of those connected to kind of showing up for yourself and hopefully for a partner or you know in some way and and the emphasis of looking at intimacy and love as you want to think about your you know your sexual being and and showing up so I'd love for you for people who'd be like why does intimacy matter in sex or why why would we want to focus on that in love I'd love for you to kind of go into that a little bit okay so that's a lot Just to be honest with you, that's yeah. a lot. Um, I was actually like kind of tagged to write a definition of what like love is that mm-hmm. I do have. Um, and I feel, you know what? We're gonna read it. it. It might be fitting, right? So love is beautifully complicated. 
It may be the most important and complex human emotion we experience. Love is both a verb and an abstract noun. It can occur in stages and vary in type. It can be defined as a set of emotions, beliefs, and behaviors often associated with strong and intense feelings. Love can be unpredictable. Its characterized may be, oh, sorry, its characteristics may be expressed, experienced, and show up differently in each person and each relationship. Love may vary in intensity, elicit both positive and negative feelings, and change over time. But ultimately, love in its purest form is unconditional. It does not have stipulations or hidden agendas. It is free-flowing, life-changing, ever-evolving, and a major part of our human experience. Now, I read that because if you ask me what is love, like it took me time to really articulate, right? And to write down and to find the words to describe what is love as opposed to just saying, oh, it feels good. It makes me happy. You know, like to really dig deeper into that. And I think that um, if you kind of follow what I'm saying, it does not say intimacy. It mm -hmm. does not say sex. And the reason why is because you can have love without intimacy and without sex just like you can have intimacy without love and sex and you can have sex without intimacy and love. Mm -hmm. So when you think about what you want from um, these longer lasting and these deeper relationships, you want all three, right? But you may not get all three in every relationship and that's okay, right? So intimacy is more of the connection. It's more of the emotional um, support, the synergies, the, the feeling behind being close to someone and having a connection. You can be intimate with a non-sexual partner. And the reason behind that is because sex is a physical act that is more pleasure driven. And there should be pleasure that happens in love and in intimacy, but it may not look and feel or be the same as the pleasure that you get from sex. And I think in a lot of instances, um, sex is more of a goal oriented type of situation. Intimacy typically would not be the same goal as sex and love should never be the same goal as sex. So they're all three very different things. They do have some overlap, but um, the connection between them should be somewhat distinct and it should be understood before going into a relationship with anyone. And it shouldn't be something that's like forced or pushed. Um, in terms of intimacy, because intimacy is different, you can kind of experience it different and you could experience it in situations like, um, obviously we'll talk about physical intimacy that kind of um, aligns with sex, right? But then you have emotional intimacy. You can have intellectual intimacy. You can have experiential in intimacy. And in those um, situations, you can have that with anyone, right? So you can you can get on, you know, you can in your commute to work, and you could be at the coffee shop, um, getting a cup of coffee, and have a a experiential type of situation or an emotional connection with someone, you know, and you don't even know this person. But it can feel very intimate and connected and bonded, and it could give you something in that moment. Now, it might not be sustainable, but it'll give you something because it's an intimate connection. Um, so I think that that's something that we don't teach people, and it's something that's not always common sense in a way. So when you start to feel these feelings, sometimes we confuse um, love and say, oh, you know, this is, you don't love me enough. 
you might be loved enough. You just might not have that intimacy part of it. And because it's not intimate enough for you, you don't feel connected enough. And because you're not feeling connected enough, now you're you're, you're um, wanting or you're craving or you're desiring some of the more sensual components of it, but you might not actually want penetration or you might not actually want an orgasm. You might want something something different. But if you don't know the differences between the three, then you would be looking at your partner or whomever and you're like, it's not enough. You're not giving me what I need. But it's on the individual to really figure out, well, what do you want and what do you need? And once you know what you want and you need, then you know what you need to ask for. Because if you want someone to love you harder, you know, what, like, what does that mean? You want someone to, to have sex with you and go harder. You kind of know what that means, but you still <laughs> might not feel full. Like you still might not feel full, right? You might, you might, you still might feel like something's lacking. Like something is not giving me enough, but then we go back to the whole premise of, well, what is enough? What are you really asking for? Wow. I, yeah, no, for sure. And I think a lot of people get kind of caught up in like, oh, since this person isn't able to meet my needs, the grass must be greener on the other side because, and they don't actually end up processing again, like the core things that they needed to figure out. So it would help better aid them in the next relationship. Like you just keep hopping from person to person expecting them to figure it out. But yeah, like you're absolutely right. You have to have that context before you truly try to build a relationship with someone and I think a lot of people also get caught up in like the love languages which is supposed to be you know a great tool for you to like figure out what you need from a partner but like again like you have to not just look at that but also look at the different types of intimacy that you need and like I don't know just do a little bit more self-discovery to help better aid you well I think that's why so much of what you're saying Jean, and I hope it resonates with folks is, is just how liberating and freeing can be just to have the verbiage to be to be able to discern the difference because I think that's the part of the, your definition that you gave of love is it's complex it's messy it's fluid it's abundant it's good it's bad like it's everything and so the more we can step into being able to articulate what we're really saying, then we can start to think about the types of relationships we want to cultivate um, with that knowledge. And it's so interesting because it's starting to have me think about things that like Liv and I have always talked about. And we know too that a lot of the relationships with Black women that we've cultivated, it's been very sisterly, and it is. It's very intimate at times, you know, you're, you're, you know, just the kind of traditional acts that we think about, doing each other's hairs, staying up late, you know, cooking with each other, all of these. We used to say, girl, you know, all I need is a man for sex because my homegirls got me with that emotional intimacy, with that experiential intimacy. And sometimes that just being a symptom of what you've already spoken on, it's rough out here. It's rough out here that we can even seek some of those things outside of a romantic connection. And to me, that's one of the most beautiful things I love about being a Black woman is that we have that expansive love and that capacity and duality that when I say I love Black women, I'm like, yes, I love Black women. And we often think like, oh, okay, so she's into Black girls. I'm like, no, my sexual preference is this, but I have that, that, adoration that admire I have that same those same eyes that same love and intimacy to be in intimate space with black women so it's so great to have that language to start to say 
oh yeah, that's the warm fuzzies. It's not sexual, but it's that same part of those three aspects of sex, intimacy, and love. And I got a man's now, so I, you know what I mean? So, and it's just great to be able to differentiate that and how freeing it is to have the language. I think that is just like the biggest takeaway of just like having that language to be able to live more into our duality and not feel like we have to pick a box or to Liv's point, drop somebody because we think it's greener on the other side. It helps us hold ourselves accountable and the people around us. Absolutely. And so G, like when you're working with different clients and you're working with women, like what issue when around intimacy, like do you find that most people are struggling with? Because I see reports that say that women you know, maybe shouldn't do casual sex because we're more looking for like that emotional intimacy piece and like that kind of clashes and men are more prone to be able to do casual sex because they're looking for that physical intimacy. Like what's your take on it and what issues have you, like what's a common issue that you feel like most people come to you about? When uh, I think the, the theme in this is that I'm, I'm a little bit more in that open fluid space. Right. So there, I, I know women that can do casual better than any guy. I know, <laughs> guys, I, I, I know guys that cannot do casual for to save their life. Like they just can't, they, they, they can't, like, it's just not, it's not part of their, their um, DNA. They, they, they suck. Like they try and the next thing you know, it's just like, oh, I love you. You know, like <laughs> they just can't, they just can't. So I think it depends on the person and I, I don't discount the studies. But I think that that's why I feel like it's so important to kind of know, um, know your client or know your friend or know your partner so that you can kind of understand like, like those nuances for them. Um, what shows up a lot is um, self-esteem, right? So it, the exact verbiage or the scenario can be different, but what it really gets down to is self-esteem. Um, and I think that that's a real hard one for Black women because we, um, there was a time when, you know, our, our body, well, I believe that we're always um, hypersexualized and we're always fetishized in a lot of different ways and places. Um, but, you know, we kind of go through this, um, this wave of where, you know, having more of a curvy body was not okay. And now it is okay. Um, but then now we're kind of in a space where it is okay, but now it's okay if it kind of looks like this, right? So I think that we're always, um, putting ourselves up against each other and against other people and other races and nationalities. And it influences how we feel about ourselves. And I think what tends to happen is that it shows up in intimate spaces. It shows up when uh, we're trying to have without partners or when we're trying to try new things with our partners or when we're concerned about whether or not we meet our partners or what we think our partner's expectations are in terms of aesthetics or in terms of, um, um, I guess what's a good word for it? Um, expertise in a sense, right? So I think in those situations, it comes up a lot and it usually comes down to um, self-esteem. Another one is mindfulness. Being able to be mindful, aware, and present during sex is a huge one. Um, and I think that applies for men and women, but I've noticed that um, a lot of women do struggle with that. Um, and it's hard, especially when you have a partner and you've got a busy life. And um, especially for women that have children, um, for women that are navigating their own issues, if they're going back to school or whatever have you, if your life is complete and full, regardless of your age or stage, it is really hard to kind of show up and be present when it's time for you to be present. 
Um, and I think a lot of women tend to struggle with um, being able to speak their truth, um, mm. asking for things and not feeling ashamed about what they want and not feeling um, ashamed about not knowing what they want and giving themselves themselves the space and grace to evolve in a sense where I think sometimes we, we say we like certain things or we're into certain things and we start to think other ways or we start to get, become curious or interested in other things and we're afraid to express that to our partners or we tend to do things in hiding, right? So um, I don't want my partner to know that I have this new toy. I don't want my partner to know that I was watching this show or I don't want my partner to know that, you know, the guy that I saw across the street was kind of cute and I said hi and I felt a little bad, but it's like we're always hiding certain parts of ourselves. And I think what tends to happen is that um, for a lot of people, not all people, but it does show up in the bedroom where these thoughts start to pop up or we start to have these feelings or we start to have these emotions that um, jump out at the wrong time, right? So we think we're about to do this, but then you're just like, wait, what's going on? And you might not know in that moment, but something feels off or something doesn't feel right. And then, you know, it kind of ruins it. And then, you know, you have to deal with your partner where it's just like, well, is it me? You know, do you not love me? Is something wrong with me? And then everybody's going around with these insecurities now. And it's all because um, we're uncomfortable with expressing ourselves and we're uncomfortable with speaking our truth, whatever that truth is. And it just kind of festers and then it starts to bubble up when it's not supposed to. So those are like, I want to say the top three that I've noticed. There's this, I mean, there's tons more. Um, but those are the top three that I think um, for right now, I would say mindfulness, not being able to really like communicate and express your truth. And then also, um, just not really being secure about ourselves. I think that those are like so ever present, especially in young women today too. You know, you're talking about us being hypersexualized. And I think too, what we know because of the distanced virtual world that we've been living in, a lot of my girlfriends like are also not sexually active right now for a multitude of reasons. But there's still this social media perspective that everybody is. And, and so I think what you're talking about is that, you know, there are so many things and so many external factors that can have us questioning our self-esteem or shaping what we think is the standard or the norm. And we sometimes jump to extremes. And then when it comes to being in that space, we don't even realize how much of that shaping how we're showing up in those moments. And so just being, and I love that just the mind, the invitation for mindfulness is like, you don't have to have solutions, but you just got to know that's what's impacting you in that moment. But I think what you talk about too, is just that this kind of more fluid and open way of thinking about love and, and intimacy and, and sex. And I think that's also something that's lending itself to the times too, of, you know, people being more open to non-traditional forms of relationships and what it looks like to maybe have multiple partners or, you know, reframing what monogamy, just really questioning these, these norms of, and standards of what love has looked at. And you are about paving those spaces, creating those really, you know, liberated spaces because you talk about creating just this community for bi-curious women. And so I, you know, want to give you the, the mic to kind of talk about, you know, what that means and, and how, how being in that space kind of shapes your work. And um, I just think that that's 
so relevant to what people are kind of questioning, engaging with now too, just what that means to be holding that that space and, and creating that community. Um, that's a great question. So I, my work and in and, and all transparency, my work is really rooted in um, creating safe spaces for people. And it started for me with creating safe spaces, safe non-judgmental spaces for bisexual and sexually fluid women of color. Um, and that's kind of how this started um, in terms of like, um, kind of like where, where the, the engine started to really run and burn and kind of evolve into what was going on right now. And it, it came from a place of feeling like isolation in a sense mm -hmm. where when you when you feel like your your world is more than what the narrative that was given to you was supposed to be and really trying to understand you know how do you navigate that so if if for you it was said you you should um you you black woman right you you little black girl you need to have a job you need to get married. You need to have children. You need to make sure your husband stays happy. You need to um, raise your children and you need to make sure that they go to good schools because you got to get us out of like, you got to get us out of, of where we are right now. And we need you to kind of help us transcend to get to the other side so that your kids and your kids' kids can kind of help, you know, get us in the running. Um, and that's a lot of pressure. Right. Um, but when you think about that, you're you're kind of forced to to find your way in this very narrow space of I got to do this and I have to be like this and I have to I have to have my relationships be like this. You know, I have to be the Cosby's. Right. Like I, I need I need to be. Bill and Claire. Right. So I got to find me somebody that's going to help me become Bill and Claire. And I need this house and I have to have this dance. The kids are going to start dancing like you, you, you're creating this whole world for yourself. Um, and I think what um, with Straight But Not Narrow Ladies was was more of an outlet to say, you know, it's not always going to look the same for everyone. And if this is something that you feel that rings true to you, where you believe or you or you know that your interests are not as narrow as what this narrative says that it's supposed to be, where do you go? Who do you talk to people? Like, how do you, how do you have these conversations? How do you really understand if this is something that you just want to keep as an idea or if it's something that you want to pursue? And if you do want to pursue, what does that look and feel like? Like, you don't know much because you've um, spent your time trying to live up to this expectation that might not have even been yours to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of how it, it got formed and that's where it began. Um, and it was really just to, to find a space that allowed women that didn't feel like they were comfortable in a very strict and narrow heterosexual box to feel like they can connect to other people and understand what that desire or what that interest or what that thought really means for them as an individual and not as um, a community project. Like it doesn't have to be a community project. It's very individualized and personal. So we have kind of kind of grown and expand and, and that has been a beautiful thing to witness because it doesn't have a label. It doesn't have a criteria. You know, there are women that are married. There are women that are single. There are women that are divorced. There are women that have um, been in relationships with women before, and there are women that have never even 
kind of grasp the concept of how I really feel. It's, it's really um, a great area. And I feel like I like that because what it does, it, it allows whoever um, feels like it resonates in whatever way to kind of find community and a space of understanding and acceptance because there is no cookie cutter here. It's going to look and feel differently for everyone by design. And I think what doesn't get set to, um, to Black women is that, you know, sexuality is not going to show up the same way in everyone. And mm-hmm. it's way more fluid than we like to discuss, right? So it, you know, sex in general and sexuality, it resides on a spectrum. And I think that there aren't many people that really like sit really firm and hard at the opposite ends. So does that mean that everyone is in the middle or kind of in that gray area? No. But when you think about it by definition, I think it's it's not as many people as we think that really sit, you know, at zero and one. And they're just like, only, 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 never, never, never. I would never even think, fathom, I don't want to see, I don't want to know. Like, I think that it's very rare that that happens. And I think what tends to happen is because we don't allow people to understand that it is fluid, that when you do have a thought or understanding or a, you know, an interest, it makes you feel like, oh my God, now I'm this. No, you really might not be. And and it's okay. But if you see someone that's attractive, or if you, um, someone says something and it kind of makes you feel a certain way, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you want to take an action on it. It just means that you're just not, you know, at a very defined point on a spectrum. And that changes, right? Because what's appealing today might not be appealing tomorrow. So our community is really rooted in just allowing people to grow, to grow in the way that they feel like is best for them and to be able to cultivate relationship in ways that they feel like is most authentic and most organic to them and really find the commonalities and be able to connect based on those and rule out some of the things that, um, we get pigeonholed into thinking like it has to be like this or, you know, well, I'm married or, you know, I have a boyfriend. That's nice. But that doesn't define who you are. You know, I have children. That's amazing. But that still doesn't define who you are. So if you really dig deeper into it, um, it's hard when you feel like you're the only one. So, you know, representation is very important. Mm. Um, visibility is very important and by no means does that mean you know you have to wave a flag because everybody might not be into that and by no means does that mean that you have to be the poster girl because everybody might not be into that either but it's just more so of just recognizing a truth right you might like something that everyone does in us like or you may like who, who knows right but you like what you like and it's okay as long as you're not you know devaluing yourself as long as you're not you know um, being immoral, or as long as you're not um, unethical, as long as you're really not hurting anyone, it's okay. It's okay. And that's really where where, where we kind of like to sit and we give um, recognition to everyone that likes what they like. Um, but when you're in my space and when you're in things that I curate, you're going to make sure that we're all respectful of each other and we're all keeping this space safe and we're all being mindful that we're at different places and stages along our journey. And because of that, you have to allow people to find their way, the way that they want to do it, not the way that you want to do it. So if you want to identify as a label and you feel like, you know, this is where you need to be cool. But if you don't identify as a label, but you can, you know, say I'm attracted to women or I like women or whatever the case may be, right? 
if if we're gonna have a conversation and we're gonna be like she's got nice legs if you're gonna take that and go oh then you don't need to be here you don't need to be here <laughs> Right. You know, because because no one said anything that was wrong, right? And no one said anything that was um inappropriate. But if you're gonna have that type of response, then you don't need to be here. But if you can appreciate something like that, and if it kind of maybe lights a light bulb, then it's like okay, then you might want to figure out how to find community because when you're around people that kind of go into the mindset of I'm strictly this, I'm strictly that, how do you even have a conversation about anything that's outside of the box? You don't feel comfortable. And it might not mean that you want to act on it. That just means that that's what you, that's what you want to talk about. And it's okay. Right. So it was really just creating as like, as, as what you guys seem to be rooted in is, is cultivating community, making people feel comfortable and not allowing people to feel ashamed or bothered because they decide to live their life a certain way and really being truthful that it's niche, right? It's not going to be for everybody. And that's by design. Just like your friendship groups might not be for everybody. Your relationship is not for everybody. So my community is not for everybody, but it's okay. Oh my gosh. It's all about us recognizing that we are all multidimensional beings and removing the shame from the conversation. I feel like there's so many stigmas out there around being curious, being queer, all of these things. And I think I love your community because it's removing the shame and like really pushing people to be truthful, honest, showing up as their most like true authentic self. Because when you don't do that, then you end up like literally resenting yourself. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. you take that baggage into every single like relationship and friendship. And that's why, you know, people get bothered by, by other people, you know, making comments that have nothing to do with them. I'm like, if it has nothing to do with you and you aren't harming anybody and that person's living in their truth, why does it bother you? Right. And the Put those bags down. But, <laughs> Put those bags down. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. And we can create safe spaces where we can have these true and honest conversations. And for people I know, like, I'm sure you kind of come across this as you were saying, where you might have someone that's like bi-curious and they expect, they have this expectation where, where they have to be truly defined and like that one box of being bi or straight or whatever. And it's like, no, like you don't have to wake up and feel like you're president of bi women to just know, you know, to just have those thoughts of being like, hmm, like, I wonder, like, am I attracted to the same sex? Am I attracted to like different types of people? And the more honest you are, like, I feel like the happier your life will be. Absolutely. I think, I think everybody wants community, right? Everybody wants to feel like they belong yes. to something. And I think that that's okay, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, but I think what, what we tend to, where we tend to struggle with community is that it's nothing wrong with wanting to belong and it's nothing wrong with wanting to feel like you um, are a part. What becomes wrong is when you feel like you have to conform or when you get so enrooted in your community that you don't recognize when you start to change and you don't allow yourself to change and grow because you feel like I'm in this organization or I'm in this, so I have to be like this forever. No, you, you really don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> doing too much. You're just doing too much. Like, chill. Right. And I think that's where I think particularly, you know, and this is really to the Black Girl Folk community, can benefit from spaces like this when society is putting us in so many boxes and has so many projected expectations and stigmas 
that we have to internalize being in spaces and opting into spaces that are rooted in this authenticity, rooted in in breaking those barriers and and really doing a lot of self-reflection can particularly do so much good for not just Black women, like really marginalized or people who have kind of been, um, have, have experienced those kind of systemic and institutional projections of who they're supposed to be and how they show up in this world. So I know I moved and just like, oh, I, my poor boyfriend is about to get an earful <laughs> when we get off this call because I'll be like, yo, we got to talk about some things. We got to talk, you know? So, but um, I just think that this is hopefully sparking so many uh, reflections for people listening. And, and before we end and hear about how people can get, you know, in, in touch with these communities and get engaged and hear about you. We always close out with asking our guests this one question to kind of bring it full circle. Cause like you said, a lot of what you're saying is in alignment exactly with the Black Girl Flow podcast community. So we want to ask you, G, what does it mean to be in flow to you? I feel like it means to show up and to really like find your truth right? So to be in flow for me is kind of like how I want to live every day. I want to live every day in flow. Like I want to allow things to do what it's supposed to do the way that it's supposed to do it. I want to allow the energy that I'm supposed to have that I'm supposed to give to kind of go where it's supposed to be. It's, it's, it's really intentional and it's really purposeful. It's not that haphazard. I'm just out here willy nilly kind of thing. It has that, it has that deeper rooted meaning. And I think that when you go below the surface and when you really show up as who you are that's when it starts to flow like that's when you start to feel the synergies and the alignment and things start to feel like you're in that group because you're allowing things to happen the way it's supposed to be right absolutely I couldn't have said it better myself honestly like every day should be a new day for you to live in flow and in alignment with like who you are what your goals are the people that you want to be around and you're right like it does feel super easy when you just let go and let the universe do its thing so I love that um you know I just feel like we're gonna have so many people trying to get in touch with you so you just gotta like plug you know how can people get in contact with you what are new projects that you've got going on any events for straight but narrow ladies we have to know oh my god we have so much going on um so we do, we curate travel experiences and that's kind of like our big thing now. So we just came back from Curacao in January and it was an amazing trip. And we just um, finished the planning for our next trip in um, August. So in August, we're going to Costa Rica. So that's going to be like a big trip for us. It's going to be, oh my God, we're renting a private villa. There's a chef and the bartender and the pool. It, it is only us on its property. That's kind of how we do our thing. So I'm really excited to do this in Costa Rica. Um, but yeah, get into it. Get, get into Not it. Not me and Lex um, about to pop up in Costa Rica. <laughs> Listen, the suites are phenomenal. The suites are phenomenal, but I'll continue. So with travel curation is a big part of what I do now. And I think it's because um, as we've been talking about, it's really about pouring into yourself, right? Allowing yourself to be who you are and, and, and not treating yourself like you're a holiday and not treating yourself like it's a birthday, like allowing yourself to really show up and celebrate and, and, and be empowered on a day-to-day basis, right? So Travel is a big part of what um, we're doing. Um, that's our next trip. Um, 
we're doing a financial workshop in March. Um, we try to do it once a month or once every other month. Um, my business partner is, um, and the co-founder of Shape But Not Now, ladies, is the finance, finance professional. And what we've learned is that our community needs that. So we want to start offering financial workshops more often since we have an expert on hand to allow the experts to kind of teach the community and have more black and brown people doing what they need to do to start breaking more of these generational curses. So that's what we have going on next month. Um, I am working on a master class. Um, I have intentions on doing two. One will be centered on dating. And I think the other one is going to be centered on bisexuality, but more so from the lens of like, um, in my head, I'm calling it, I like girls, not what, or so what? Um, and kind of like, what does that mean, right? How does that look and feel? Um, what does it mean versus what society tells you it's supposed to mean? Um, how do you actually find your path and your journey? Um, I think I want to go a lot of different ways with that. And I think it's going to be a great thing. Um, another thing that we're working on is we are, what else are we doing? So we just launched our website again. And we have a new home and look and feel. I like it. I hope y'all look at it. because The website looks good. We love it. We love that. I'm so excited. <laughs> we, we did a new house. We have a new website with a new brand. Um, and I'm starting to do travel consulting as well. Because as I said, travel has become a lot of a big portion of what we do. And I've become very passionate about getting Black black and brown women and honestly women and couples in general out out of out of their own spaces right so I do these immersive types of trips where it's definitely multi-dimensional it's not just like hey y'all let's have fun it's a whole lot of fun but it's a whole lot of like let's get into it because we're gonna get the judge together um so we do a lot of that um, I'm going to start accepting new coaching clients. As I said earlier, I'm going to open it up to um, all women, men, and couples. I think that that's important. We always talk about like, you know, Black love and keeping the community together. So then let's start teaching people how to do these things because we're not learning them um, in every home and we're not learning them in school. So we have to learn them someplace because we can't just be um, expected to kind of snap our fingers and then we've got these communities and these families and these relationships with our kids and our partners that are just going to be magical it doesn't work that way we got to do the work we got to do the homework um but I think that you know I feel like there's more stuff that I got going on that I can't remember but I feel like every month we're doing like two to three things and I can't stop like can't stop it's always like we got to do this we got to do this we got to do this so it's always like go 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 um, but I will say that the best way to kind of stay connected is probably to join our email list and follow us on Instagram because there's always something going on. And as soon as I think that we're done, I'm kind of like, oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do this. Let's do this too. <laughs> no, I feel like the G in your name should stand for getting rid of generational curses. <laughs> what you are. You might be on to something. Get it like, together. <laughs> Like, you're like and the g stands for getting rid of these damn generations because Seriously, like, we gotta start somewhere 
what you are doing is truly transformational. And I love how you put it. It's like, we can be by the beach, but we definitely about to get in some mindfulness and self-reflection activities. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just- You're going to leave me better than you got here. Like, it, it doesn't. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're coming from, but you are going to leave me with a little bit more than what you had. On our trips, they always say, I learned something about myself or I realized something about myself that I didn't know before. So it might be something small or it might be something big, but you are going to leave our experience with a little bit more than what you came here for. And that's the point, right? Because we're supposed to be out here learning and growing and evolving. Let's get into it. She said, let's be about it. She said, let's take the words out of my mouth. Right now. I think what y'all done is so many areas to plug into. So I'm excited for the Black Girl Flow community. G, thank you. Thank you. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes. I, I just know so many people are going to be benefited from this conversation and I'm so excited for them to get plugged into your work because like you said, you gonna learn something. <laughs> you gonna learn something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you might just- Thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure. It's, 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 I love to be in spaces where you feel seen and heard mm-hmm. and where you feel like there's real authentic community. It's not forced it doesn't need to be coerced. It doesn't need to be scripted. It just flows, right? So I feel like this was like a magical experience and I love these types of conversations and reconnecting. So I'm so I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I think you guys are doing a great job and I look forward to seeing where you guys go. This has been great. You you might just be us in Costa Rica. I'm not I'm not even gonna hold Listen. you. I'm gonna hold you. We might be looking at some flight tickets right after this call. But thank you again Listen. so much for joining us. And like always, y'all, peace, love, blessings. We will see y'all next episode. Bye. All right, that wraps up our episode this week. Don't forget to go check out Black Girl Flow Podcast on social media. And even check out our new YouTube channel to continue the conversation there. We really appreciate if y'all could rate and subscribe our channel. And with that said, see you all next time. Rest well, folks.